Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today we'll be talking about thinning fruit, removal of fruit so that the remaining fruit can get larger. Which trees can we do this on? When do we do it? And how much is done? All this and more on today's Desert Horticulture. When I have classes on removing fruit or thinning fruit trees, I like to use the story about which family gets to feed their children better. If you're making a set income of let's say $50,000 a year, do you get to buy things for families that have two children? Or what if that family has 12 children? Which one gets more out of that? And of course the answer is quite simple the family that has two children can buy more things for those children and that relates back to fruit thinning. The more fruit you remove the larger the fruit that remains gets. But that's not really the science behind it or the truth. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the science of thinning and removal of fruit some of which are fact and some of which are not. So let's get right into it. If we're looking at the size of fruit, it has a lot to do with the number of leaves that are on the tree. If the tree has a lot of leaves in full sun, the sun can make a lot more energy if those leaves are in full sun and that energy can be transferred back to fruit formation. So there's a, there's a chance for that tree to make larger fruit if the amount of fruit is, if we're careful in the amount of fruit that it produces. Of course that works quite well with things like peaches and nectarines and plums and apples and much of the fruit that we're familiar with, the fruit trees that we're familiar with, but what about other fruit like pomegranates or figs? What about those kinds of fruit? Do they get larger if we remove fruit? Let's talk a little bit about that. I like to use the number 45 or 50 even though I'm telling a lie when I say it. The science is right it's just that I'm telling a lie to get the point across. I don't know how many fruit, how many leaves of a fruit tree are required in full sun to make, to feed the energy needed to make one good sized fruit. So let's just grab a number. I think I read somewhere in a research report that it took on, I don't remember which crop it was anymore, but it took about 45 to 50 leaves in full sun to make enough energy to give a good sized fruit. So I pass that number on. Now whether it's true or not, I don't know, but the concept is right. If we have leaves that are, are in full sunlight, not in the shade of other leaves or the shade of a branch or whatever it might be, but if we count the number of leaves that are in full sun, and the number of hours that they are in full sun, we're going to get some idea <clears throat> about the number of fruit that that fruit tree can sustain. Now that's not true of things such as figs. 
I have gone out and thinned figs just because I didn't know what would happen, but I've thinned them and I had no increase in size at all. There are some crops out there that you can remove fruit and you won't affect the size. Figs being, it appears at least, to be one of them. <clears throat> Maybe if I eliminated entire branches where fruit are, are, are supported on a fig tree, that might make a difference. But in this particular case, it made no difference at all. However, I do know that sometimes figs can get quite large. And uh, they can get quite large, just like pomegranates. Let's look at pomegranates, for instance. This is a, a fruit tree I get a lot of questions about. If we thin pomegranates, will the fruit that remains get larger? Well, I've never done that. I don't know, but I do know this that if I take pomegranates and I maintain the larger trunk diameter of the tree, in other words, if I remove all those small shoots that are coming from the base, the suckers, and I remove those so that I have four or five major limbs coming out of the ground, suckers that get larger and older, that I tend to get more fruit. Now, is the number of fruit more? No. But the size of the fruit is larger. I get a, a, di, a, a larger percentage of fruit that are larger in size. Well, what if I go out to a pomegranate and I remove, sometimes we'll see pomegranates and there appears to be two, three, four flowers coming from one location. What if I remove all but one? I have tried that on pomegranate. I have tried thinning out the flowers and I don't seem to get much of a response as I do if I prune pomegranates so that the large limbs remain. Out at the university orchard we had one pomegranate that was trained as a single trunk tree probably 18 years ago and that produces some of the largest pomegranates that we have. And if we maintain pomegranates so that it keeps the larger stem diameter of that fruit tree, the fruit will, will get a larger percentage of fruit that's larger. However, if we let all the suckers grow from the base, we'll get a whole bunch of fruit. If the number of fruit will be astounding, we'll get a large number of fruit, but they're mostly going to be small. So if we want to concentrate on small fruit, then let the suckers grow. If we want to concentrate on fruit that has a higher percentage that's larger, then we go ahead and prune pomegranates so that we maintain four or five major suckers from the base and they continue to get larger and larger. And as they get larger and larger, that decreases the number of flowers that are produced and that increases the size, at least I'm theorizing anyway, increases the size of the pomegranates that remain. And we get a percentage, a higher percentage of larger fruit than we do if we allow all those fruit to go ahead and uh, ripen to maturity. Now what about peaches? We know, for instance, that peaches do follow that rule and that I've estimated that to get a full crop of peaches on a tree, 
if we were to let everything go, probably less than 1% of all the flowers that a peach tree will produce are really suitable and will give us a larger sized peach tree. You know there's differences in varieties too. Some varieties of peaches don't produce as many leaves so they don't produce as many larger sized fruit. Well we have to thin these a little bit harder. We have to remove more fruit so that the remaining fruit gets larger and this can be uh, really a function of what variety it is and on what rootstock it's being grown on. If the rootstock is a vigorous rootstock, maybe we'll produce larger fruit and more of them. But if that rootstock that it's growing on is a semi-dwarfing rootstock, a rootstock that doesn't allow the tree to get larger and somehow dwarfs it in some way, then the amount of fruit that we'll get from that tree will be fewer but the remaining fruit that are there will be larger and we have to do in the case of a real vigorous rootstock we reduce we thin the tree harder we remove more fruit in the case of a less vigorous rootstock a tree that isn't growing as robustly as others then we don't remove as much fruit from that tree and we'll still get a large number, a larger number of fruit, the tree won't get any larger in size. It depends on how that tree divides up the energy that it gets from its leaves. And a lot of that is a function of how we fertilize and how we manage the tree, how we prune the tree. Because we know for peach, in the case of peaches and nectarines, that there are some of the most, the hardest of there they are some of the fruit trees that we prune the hardest we remove a lot more growth from peaches and nectarines than all of the other fruit trees combined for the most part we do that because we want to reduce the amount of flowers that are being produced by peaches and nectarines so that the remaining fruit get larger what I found I have to do is typically typically remove about half of all of last year's growth. So after I'm done correcting whatever growth problems are existing in the structure of that tree, I then look at pruning that tree for production purposes. On some varieties, I have to prune them a little harder because they're more vigorous. Maybe because of the rootstock, maybe because of the variety that we're looking at. On other trees, for instance, I don't have to prune as hard to get a larger sized fruit. A lot of it is how that energy is divided at the beginning or during the year. Sometimes on early producers, a lot of energy goes into fruit production very early and I have to stay on top of thinning and pruning very early in the season. In other cases, on peaches and nectarines, I can delay these are later producing peaches and nectarines that might produce peaches and nectarines perhaps in July or August. I don't have to rush. I don't have to uh, prune as aggressively early in the season as I would with some of the early producers like May Pride or Florida Prince or Florida King for instance. Those I've got to be very aggressive early in the season and reduce, reduce the wood that's on those trees.
plum trees, for instance, are thinned differently. Mostly what we'll do with plum trees after we begin removing some of the branches that aren't necessary on plums and pluots and the plum relatives, we can then remove clusters of it by, by just massaging the limbs, massaging the fruit until we get the right thinning involved. We get a huge amount of fruit that we drop from those trees very early on. When Remember, too, a lot of it has to do with, with how early we can thin them. Some trees are early producers, like I mentioned earlier, and we've got to get right on top of thinning them. Others are late producers, and we don't have to thin quite as early. So if I'm looking at some of the later apples, like Pink Lady, I can thin them. They have to, I have to thin them over a long period of time, that and sundowner and things like that. But early producers, like Anna or our Dorset Golden, that produce their fruit in June in the Mojave Desert, I have to get on top of them fairly early and get them thinned out early or I won't see the production. So when I'm thinning out fruit, I'm realizing that there is a certain ratio between the number of leaves in full sun, how much sunlight that tree is getting, and the amount of fruit that it can produce. But I also have to take into consideration the variety of that peach of that fruit tree, the rootstock that it's growing on, if it's semi-dwarfing or dwarfing rootstock on it, how big that tree is going to get. So I, there's a lot of things to take into consideration when we're talking about thinning of fruit trees. So figs, I don't seem to get much of a response from thinning the fruit out on figs. Pomegranates, it's mostly done through the pruning operation, which is done in the wintertime in removing and leaving the large canes, the large spurs, the large suckers that we've maintained as as central to that tree, whether it's a single trunked pomegranate or whether it's a multi-trunked pomegranate that could have four or five uh, suckers that we've established as limbs or as trunks on that tree. It just depends on how we are looking at it. If we're looking at apricots, for instance, I don't do a lot of thinning on apricots unless their fruit is clustered into certain areas and there's a high density of fruit in certain areas and then I'll massage them out much like a plum until I get the right distance between the fruit so that the remaining fruit can get larger. On apricots I focus mostly on early producing apricots those that are in production and producing fruit at the end of May and in June, July in the Mojave Desert and I'll go ahead and thin those out fairly early on so that the remaining fruit can get large. Because as we look at trying to increase the size of fruit, we've got to recognize that as soon as the flowers are presented on the trees, as soon as we start to see fruit beginning to grow on trees, we've got to make sure that those fruit trees are getting an adequate amount of water. That doesn't mean overwatering them. It means making sure that the roots can access the water that they need anytime they want to while they're producing fruit. Because 
fruit growth is um, is very dependent upon the moisture content of the soil. That doesn't mean that the soil has to be wet, but there has to have moisture that the tree can access anytime it wants as the fruit is developing. If we're going to shortchange a fruit tree on water, we really have to look at times outside of fruit production. And we can go ahead and start to reduce the amount of water that these trees get. We don't want to cut them off, but we can reduce the amount of water, putting them under a slight amount of stress other times of the year. But we don't want to do that when fruit trees are in production, when they're growing fruit. They need access to all the water that they can manage to get. Like I said, we don't want to overwater these trees, but we want to make sure that the roots access water when they need it. So the soil moisture has to be present. We have to make sure that there's water available to the roots when they need and want it. Those are my tips besides fertilizing and managing and pruning judiciously when we are. Summer pruning helps. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on summer pruning tips. It's not that difficult, but we need to talk about it. But all of those things, when fruit production is in there, there are some trees that we can thin. Some trees we thin the fruit. Some trees we thin by pruning. Some trees, it's a combination of both. But whatever we're looking at, in most cases, many cases, most of our stone and palm fruit, apples, pears being the palm fruit, quince, the stone fruit being peaches and apricots and plums, nectarines, all of those, we can thin those as we see the fruit is developing. And remember, remove fruit as early as possible. Thumbnail size is preferable. The sooner the better. There's some research going on right now about thinning uh, when the thinning the flowers out on peaches and nectarines primarily, thinning flowers rather than. And, you know, and I don't even have any problem at all when the tree is in bloom to go out and thin. It's a, one of the easiest times that you can see fruit is when the flowers are present. The only concern I have is that these flowers are going to go ahead and set fruit or not, but that is a lot of case by the bee activity that's in the orchard and, and, or in your backyard and whatnot. Remember, and that's another topic I'll have to cover sometime, is how to get pollinators into your backyard if you're having trouble with that and getting fruit set for that reason. But I hear that music playing right now. It's time to say goodbye, and I hope this was eventful for you. Bye-bye for now. Look for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's Extreme Horticulture beginning with an X. Also look at my Facebook page, Extreme Horticulture, and follow me there.